Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Reactive Entrepreneur, the show where we combine the tech world with the business world in the hopes to help you achieve success. Today's guest is somebody I've really wanted to bring on for quite a while. She's a singer, CEO, and founder of a huge PR agency in Dubai, landing some of the biggest clients you can imagine. So I'm really excited to bring her on today. Welcome, Steph. How are you doing? (laughs) Good. I'm Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. And thank you for that amazing intro. Oh, no, thank you. That was but, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming on. Firstly, um, Steph, so who are you? And uh, introduce yourself to the world. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, so you mentioned singer. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of take back a step. Um, so prior to my entrepreneurial journey, I yeah. was um, building a career in singing. So that was kind of a side or that is kind of a side that not many people know about. Okay. Um, so I am first and foremost a singer. Yeah. So I'm currently the founder and CEO of Empire Communications, which is a leading public relations and marketing agency out here in Dubai. Nice. Um, We are currently in the market for, it's been six years now. Crazy, yeah. 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 Time flies. It's like weird to say that. Yeah. It was just yesterday that I was like, two years in business. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And your story with that six years has been nuts. So we're going to cover that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's cover that. (laughs) (laughs) So you started off as a, yeah, let's go, let's go to your roots, right? So stephanie farah in high school yeah right your dream was to initially go into a singing career yeah and where did that lead because i think it all stems from this and then it kind of built up to where you are yeah yeah absolutely okay so back in high school um i was i was exploring my my singing side um i started creating a bunch of covers of like hits online and then that kind of a few of them went viral on facebook yeah they got picked up by really renowned DJs locally. Um, nice. Danny Neville, who's still a very good friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I used to go to record the co- recording studio with him almost every single night, yeah. late hours um, during weekdays. Uh, then also sell productions. And with the with those those guys, I started becoming familiar with the entire space. Nice. Um, started to jump on some songs with them. I did a song with Carl Wolf at some time. Snoop Dogg took my my segment. It's oh, okay. No I'm way. good. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> as long as the Snoop Dogg. <laughs> um, I was in a music video with Three Six Mafia and and Carl Wolf. Nice. Um, I opened up for Flow Rider, so I was his opening act, um, opening singer for his event out here. That's huge. Yeah. That was that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I'm in high school. I'm like, I think I was 17 at the time, maybe 18, and I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, just just (laughs) casual on the weekend. Yeah, Yeah, and then uh, one of my one of my songs um, got picked up by Chris Fade and Big Rossi on the Chris Fade show in the morning. Uh, They randomly called me right before school started, and I was like, "Who is this?" And they're like, Mm. "Hi, it's it's Chris Fade." Yeah, (laughs) and he was just like, "We, you know, we come we come across your song on Facebook." Yeah, Um, so we just kind of wanted to interview you. That's so cool. That it was so cool because yeah. all of my friends were on the way to high to sorry to school yeah. at the time, so they're all in their cars listening to me on the radio. Yeah, played my song on the radio, and That's I got nuts. so much traction from that. That was incredible. Wow. But yeah. That was, and how did they find you in the first place? The the song itself went viral on Facebook. Wow. Okay. Um, a lot of my friends were sharing it, and then people just kind of it was like a domino effect. Nice. That yeah. is awesome. Wow. Yeah, it was really. And then cool. after that, where did you take that sort of you know that that popularity to? Yeah. So. I then went to the States. Okay. I went to go um, study in Boston. Yep. Pursued a degree in communications. But while I was there, I still wanted to do a, like, I still wanted to engage like the music scene and kind yep. of explore it there. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but out there, I was pretty active. I was on Kiss FM. I sang at an event or a gig with Montel Jordan. That's huge. Um, so I did, I did bits and bobs here and there. But then I started to realize like, 
do I actually want to pursue a career in, in music where, number one, it's extremely competitive. And that's not, it's not to say that I didn't want to compete. It's yeah. just, I kind of, I saw a bit of the dark side of the music industry. Right. Thank God, nothing with me. But it, to me, it just kind of like, it turned my attention away from that. And I was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'd rather make this a passion and I'd rather focus on other skill sets because I feel like I have so much more to offer and I have other things that I'm good at. Yeah. So I pursued a degree in communication. Okay. Um, yeah. And then I came back to Dubai. Yeah. And then I started working for a PR agency out here. And this is where the... And this yeah. is where, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of where it started. So I was okay. working for a little small boutique agency out here at the time. And then a friend of mine was like, Steph, um, the voice is coming out to the Middle East. Do you want to do you want to audition? Hmm. I was like, shit, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so I submitted a video. I was like a really, really sketchy video in, the, in like my dark room yeah. um, of me singing. And then I sent it off to them. And the next thing you know, I got a call and they're like, you've made it through the first round. Nice. We want to have you come audition live in front of the judges. Yeah. Like a few of the judges. Yeah. So went down to this hotel, had like my little contestant number. My mom came with me. It was yeah. really cool. <laughs> awesome. And um, did my little performance there. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call again saying, you made it to the next round. We are going to fly you out to, to Lebanon. Right. Oh, no, there was another, I think there was another uh, round of, of um, yeah, like the, like the audition. Yeah. Um, so I had to do that. And then I made it to the, the final round where they flew everybody out. To Lebanon, yeah. To Lebanon, okay. yeah. So yeah. we flew out to Lebanon. There was like, I think there was about 90 to 100 of us. Yeah. And they all put us in this one resort right. um, in the middle of Lebanon. And yeah. Um, you described we, it like a glee kind it of stuff. It was yeah. literally like a mini glee. I am not kidding. Yeah. It was it was the coolest experience I've ever done in my life. That's awesome. Um, but, you know, we were only supposed to be there for two weeks yeah. for the entire show. We ended up being there for a month because one of the main judges, Shireen, was sick at yeah. the time. So we were stuck in that complex or that resort. I mean, I say yeah. complex, but it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were stuck there for an entire month yeah. and we weren't allowed to leave the premises. Wow. We were not allowed to leave because it's, you know, for safety reasons, NBC just did not want us to, um, to, to go out and venture just yeah. to make sure that everybody's like, they've got control over everything, right. which I fully agree with, but yeah. we escaped a few times. We all, I almost got kicked off the show, though, yeah. me and my friends, because yeah. <laughs> they caught us um, sneaking out one night. Um, oh, wow. It was a big deal. Yeah, we'll yeah. save that for another day, though. Nice. Um, anyway, so we, we were allowed back on the show. Okay. And um, during my performance, I was one of the only English singers at the time. Yeah. Amongst the sea of everybody else singing Arabic. And um, they put me in like a curtain because also I looked very different to everybody else. Right. Um, and I spoke English. So they put yeah. me in this like round curtain during my performance. And then when I was done singing, so it was, it was supposed to create like anticipation. Okay. And when I was done singing, the curtain dropped. Yeah. And um, the the judges, like the crowd went wild. The judges um, asked me to come down off stage. They all stood up and shook my hand. Nice. And there was one moment. So this moment actually yeah. went viral on, wow. on uh, okay. TV as well as like online. Yeah. Uh, one of the judges, Shireen, when it came to her, she like grabbed the back of my hair and she pulled it and she's like, deshat it, deshat it, which means in Arabic, like, is it real? Is your hair real? Yeah. So that, because I, she like yanked me forward. In a casual manner. She just did this and like. Like she, yeah. I don't think she was thinking because yeah. it's completely like backfired on her online. Yeah. Thank God, not on me. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I like, you could tell I was like uncomfortable and I, I like was jolted. Yeah. And 
that just caused so much commotion online. Um, a lot of her fans and just people online were just ripping her apart, being like, "You're so unclassy. How do, how can you do that? Wow. So distasteful. You're, you know, you're you're such a shame to the Egyptian community." So I was just like, "Wow, this is bad. Can yeah. I get a Pantene commercial now, please?" Yeah. <laughs> so take your moment. I was to like, yeah. it's like, if I didn't make it through, at least give me a freaking yeah. you know hair deal out of this. <laughs> so um, that was pr- pr- pretty cool. That opened nice. up a lot of doors for me. Okay, I continue to sing around town. Um, but like I said, I just, I always felt like I was, I was really good at communicating and meeting people and making those connections. And I'm like, you know, I can make money by doing this. Like, I don't need to, I don't need to necessarily pursue a a passion, like a certain passion. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I've got many, like I genuinely have many, I'm like interior design, singing, communications, business in general. Yeah. And all all of this was while you were doing your job as a, at the PR agency. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at the time, my boss was kind enough to let me leave right. uh, for, well, initially two weeks, but yeah. <laughs> one month. That, that, that horrible paradise <laughs> that of a month. Yeah. Paradise. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and then I, okay. I, that's when I kind of like started to begin. So when I came back, yeah. I moved on to another agency, and that's pretty much when I, I gained majority of my PR experience there. I okay. was, at the time, I want to say I was like 23, yeah. maybe 24. Um, and I was put on huge accounts. Right. I was in charge of Middle East, sorry, Ferrari, Middle East, Africa, and Asia. Wow. I was in charge of uh, the entire JW Marriott, obviously with a few team members. Yeah. Um, JW Marriott Marquis, as well as all the restaurants. I did um, work on Jumeirah Group and their restaurants. Nice. Um, what else? Harrods at the time. Honestly, so much. Like there was, it was just a mix and match of hospitality, luxury, and then a few like fa- like casual brands. Right. Um, and and for all of this, what for somebody watching, because yeah. not everyone knows what PR consists of. As a PR agency, what is the role of like? Why should a company want to take on a PR agency? What's the role of it? Right. So the role of a PR agency is to build mass exposure on the media okay. front. Right. So what we do is we take whatever internal news you have. Yeah. And then we digest it. And we guide you on whether that's going to be media worthy or not. And if okay. it is, we go ahead and draft something called a press release. Right. So that's a high level, um, it's, it's high level copywriting yeah. in, in a press release format. Nice. And we express the news there and then we dispatch it out to all the key media. Right. And then we begin something called a pitching process. So it's not just about sending it to a few media and hoping that it gets picked up. We actually have to work our connection. So we're very close to pretty much every single editor in this industry. Nice. We really do have to be because it's, yeah. it's a very much, it's very much like, Who as, you know, yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Um, so then we, you know, we go out and we, we secure these organic pieces of coverage. Right. So companies use us because we are a more cost effective way of, of getting mass exposure okay. and gaining that credibility. Cause PR is also about credibility building. Right. Um, so instead of, opting for advertising which is extremely expensive like yeah. they can they can come to us and they get to generate tons of news organically for a fraction of what they would be paying for nice. advertising so we've profiled some of the biggest companies in today's tech industries uh hospitality luxury segment we build that exposure for them yeah but also the people behind it right so whatever you see on the news around those companies or those brands or those people yeah it's coming from us that's that's yeah. so cool yeah yeah really nice and a lot of that i guess so there's a ton to learn yeah with, with being in that industry yeah so you picked up your experience while you're working at these different firms yeah um during that time did you have any really good mentors that were sort of sh- like shaping the way showing you the way or was it a lot of self-learning involved what was your experience like to get to your knowledge that you're at now right mentors um look 
every person that was above me was a mentor. Nice. Every single person I was on an account with was a mentor, even the people that were alongside me. Yeah. I don't take any credit for who I've become today. Mm-hmm. I definitely give credit to those who worked alongside me. Um, were they always the best? No. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? That's They shaped me into who I am today. I nice. feel like I'm more resilient, strong. Um, I, I feel like I, I've been able to really master a skill yeah. and apply it to the real world because nice. of the experiences that I had in the past. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so took all of that and... Cool. Here we are. <laughs> so, so you've gone from working for someone else. Uh, what at what moment was it? Because you have a pretty cool story here. For the next <laughs> yeah. part, it's how did you or why? What was it inside you that made you think, okay, you know what, this is cool, but I can do something of my own at a bigger scale here? Yeah. Because you did this next step, and yeah. there's a lot of small details that I want to cover. But yeah, I'll let you okay. explain it. You know, Sunny. I don't know what it was. I really could not tell you, but I was 25 and I had moved on to another agency from that one. Yeah. I was six months into the new agency and there was nothing wrong with that company. Like great people, great accounts. Everything was Gucci. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I woke up one day and I don't know what it was. I I like really try hard to remember, but I woke up one day just feeling like I feel like I can do so much better. I feel like I have so much more to offer. Yeah. And... I'm young now. If I don't take this leap of faith, then yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do in my 30s, right? And I just felt like I just already knew what I what I wanted to do and I felt like I could easily master it. Right. See, I'm the type of person and my family can vouch for me. Yeah. <laughs> they always make this joke. I'm like, it's like the, the running family joke. I've always been the one to like not think and just do and like then figure that. it out later. Yeah. I'm very... I'm very spontaneous. Yeah. Um, but I think, to be honest, that's very much worked in my advantage throughout my career, but also personal life. Yeah. Um, because I, I think if when, you, when you overthink, that really, it, it limits you. It yeah. brings so many hurdles and it just kind of, it, it, it refines you in a box. A hundred percent. I, I'm, I'm the same thing. I'm, I got this ideology of like, jump out the plane and yeah. figure out how to land on the way right, down. Right, right. Yeah. That, hi, that's, that's me. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. And then that's where the best results have come from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I like that's a huge running joke in the family. Like I've always been that kid to like, oh, it, it drove my parents crazy when I was young. Yeah. But like it's worked out for me as an adult because I've taken those chances. I don't come from a family of entrepreneurs. Like mm-hmm. I come from a family of like, we work our way up in a company. We... You know, we we earn that position and we stay with one company like my dad yeah. did and my pretty much my mom um, their entire life. So right. but I've just been like, hell no. Yeah. Like, I'm not going down that route. I don't feel like, and you know, mind you, now we're in a, in a, a the day and age today is very much about freelancing and like, find, you know, post COVID. People yeah. are kind of like finding themselves and leaving their position after a few years. Yeah. But I was doing this when it was like still not a thing. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Where's where's Stephanie? Like, where'd she go? Yeah. What is she doing? You yeah, know? Yeah. Like, is she crazy? <laughs> yeah. So then yeah. this is when you kind of decided to just like you gave your resignation in. Yeah. And, okay. Okay. So let me backtrack. Yeah. Gave my resignation in that day. And then I went walked in. I had my conversation, the hard conversation with uh, the, the management. Yeah. Next day. Um, well, for the next few days, I just kind of like I was like, what am I going to do? I've yeah. taken this decision out. I need to do something. Yeah. So because I took that massive decision, it woke me up and it sparked, it sparked something in me nice. where I knew I had no choice but to move, like awesome. move quick. Yeah. So 
I packed up my stuff every single morning. And at the time, I was living with my parents temporarily. Okay. So I packed up my stuff every single morning, acted as, as if I was going to work. Yeah. I wanted to keep it a secret from them because knowing my parents, like they freak out at anything. Like my parents are the type that would like go to the airport five hours earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're those people. Yeah. So I had to like be hush hush about it. So I pretended I was going to work. I'm not even kidding for about a year wow, into yeah. into the, actually starting the business. Yeah. And every day I would go set up shop again at in coffee shops during a time where the coffee shop world and digital nomads and freelance work was not a thing. It was like pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. again, it really took off during COVID. Of course there were people doing it. But yeah. like I found myself amongst a coffee shop of people eating, right? Yeah, and yeah. not working. And people are looking at me like, what is she doing? Yeah. So I would set up shop in different coffee shops around town. And I don't know how I got my hands on this one database one time, but I came across a database that had like thousands of contacts and I just like did a blast email. Okay. I'm not even kidding. It was like thousand emails. Yeah. Did that blast email and I got three replies. Okay. One of which was like, I want to meet you. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. I, I need to wing this now. Yeah. Um, so I, I knew I had this really big meeting coming up. Yeah. So I went back to the drawing board and I started going on to all sorts of websites, extracting key information and, and ideas for um, company profiles. Okay. So I needed to go there and look, look legit. Yeah. Because um, I wasn't. I yeah. was freelancing, but I presented myself as this company already, right? This is, like, this make is it till you hustle, make it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> make it till you make it. <laughs> so I took all this information and I threw it into the company profile. Yeah. And I went in there, knowing the knowledge that I already had within the PR industry, I went in and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I mastered that meeting. I, nice. I I killed it. Yeah. I got a call back a few hours later. Later, sorry. Yeah. Saying you you got the job or you got the account. Sorry. Nice. So a few hours later, got the account and that was go time. Yeah. That was the start of everything. But in this exact moment, there's no company set up. Nothing. nothing. So it's just completely like nothing. you've you've just made Me, this myself meeting work. <laughs> nice. okay. Me, myself, and I. Nice. Me, myself, and I. I am the company. <laughs> yeah. I love this because your approach was not, you know, a lot of the time I see people set up a company. They'll do all of that stuff first. They'll set up the company, yeah. the trade license, they'll do all this stuff. And then they then they put the action to the end. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, now it's up. Now I can start messaging, you know, one, right. two people here. Nope. You flipped it, did a thousand people. And then three of which replied. And there was one key person that came back. Right. And that was your main client. Exactly. Yeah. So now that client did really well on that account. Nice. That turned into two more accounts from the same client. So they had a, a portfolio of restaurants. So right. mastered the first project. Then I was given two more. Yeah. And as I was given more and more accounts, I was like, what am I going to do? Like, I can't keep this up, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I started to look for freelancers to kind of join me. And right. so it was like a domino effect in that sense. Um, got more accounts on board, hired a few more people to kind of assist me on the side. Yeah. And then one thing led to the other and I'm just sitting with like five accounts. Yeah. So what happened was eventually one recommendation led to the other and okay. it was just like, it, it, it was, it happened so naturally. Right. We just got inbound leads just because of recommendations. So awesome. actually for the for the next few years, it was all inbound leads based off of recommendations. So I very much leveraged off of um, the, my network, yeah. but also ensuring that the work that we were putting out there was absolute quality. Because that's spreading the word of mouth. It was yeah. my, it's my face yeah. <laughs> out there. Yeah, it's yeah. my name. Yeah. And I, I could not risk that, you know? And right. I knew that there were already doubts um, you know, just with what I was doing yeah. and the fact that I left an incredible job and, 
you know, start pursuing my own thing. So I, I could not fail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just could not fail. And at this moment in time, the whole company is basically under Stephanie as a freelancer. Yeah, at the okay. beginning. Yeah, right. but yeah. not many people know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so then one year mark hit and I was like, okay, so I've got all these clients now. I've got like a mini team. Yeah. I think it's now time to tell the parents. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and got the company registered right. and um, a huge person to thank is my sister. She was um, the one who funded the well, the lump sum because at the time you couldn't do the installments. Today I, I was I'm able to like figure it out, but yeah. at the time I had to put lump sum down. I think it was like thirty five thousand for that license. Yeah, and I didn't have that. Yeah, you know, I, every single bit of money that I had, I was putting back into the to the business. Yeah, um, I really only started making money like year two, like like mid of mid year of uh, the second year. Right. Um. So she lent me money and I paid for the company license every single month. Got it. Uh, sorry. She lent me money and then I paid for the company license. Yeah. Went back to my parents with a nice framed company license. I like that. Yeah. And I sat my dad down. I was like, listen, I've been lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a little bit of freak out moment. He's like, what are you about to tell me? Like, yeah. Imagine all the things. Oh, there are a million things that I can imagine. <laughs> Especially in a Lebanese dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I sat him down. I was like, listen, every single day that I've been pretending to go to work yeah. i've actually not been i've been going to my own work nice. um i started a company about a year ago and i have x amount of clients and x amount of people working with me yeah. and here's my company license i was expecting a completely different reaction but my dad i don't know if it was a nervous thing or reaction yeah he started hysterically laughing like i have a no video way. of it he just couldn't yeah. stop breathe like he couldn't breathe yeah he could not stop laughing <laughs> i'm just like this is and you're like is this, this, is, is this good is i don't this know i'm really yeah. happy for something <laughs> yeah. right now and um no i he was proud he was really oh, proud because awesome, again yeah. i was like the first first of the kids but also yeah. first of like uh, you know many family members to kind of branch off and start my own thing yeah but i think what he was most impressed about is the fact that i actually have been doing this for a whole year and i've got the clients i've got the re i showed him the receipts yeah. like nice. i showed him, i was like dad that's how much i'm being paid yeah. that's you know that's what i'm doing that these are the clients i've got and he just couldn't Amazing. believe it yeah he, he's like how did you even know how to get a company license <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like, because it's really not that hard dad <laughs> like people are like people don't think that yeah. you know they're, I think people are just so limited with the way they think. Yeah, And I they agree. just, they don't know that if you just get up and go do it, yeah. you'll figure it out. And yeah. you'll, you know, it's just about getting up and, yeah. and just figuring, yeah, just moving you on. Just there. baby step it out and just start doing things. That's it. Right. Rather than thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think that's something that me and you both have in common, right? Yeah. Where, and actually even Anya, one of our, our mutual friends is like, we didn't think too much. Yeah. We took every single day, step by step. Yeah. Yes, I had a long-term goal. I was envisioning, I was manifesting like hell, yeah. but I didn't let that deter me. If, you know, if I, if there was a shit day, yeah. that didn't deter me from continuing on with it and focusing on the positives and, and just getting excited because starting a company is so exciting. Like yeah. I remember I had butterfly feelings from starting a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I didn't need a mat at the time. I was like, I am just so, I'm sound. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I completely relate with you here because honestly, taking that risk and taking that jump, yeah. everyone was like, but aren't you terrified? Aren't you? I was like, no, I'm really excited. Yeah. And, and that's fueling me. Like yeah. in your head, it's like, I cannot fail. Yeah. I, I will make this work one way or another, but yeah. it has to work. Like even sitting here right now, I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I just got like a surge of energy and I'm just yeah. like, I'm so excited again. I don't know yeah. why, but yeah. it's just like bringing back those memories and that, that, that really strong feeling that I had when I was building things and when i designed my own really 
at the time, shitty logo. Yeah. I learned how to do all these things and it was just like, whoa, I have a company. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) So now you've gone from this, like you've, you've, it's it's official. It's out. Your parents know they're supporting your company's legit. And that was the birth of empire communications. And at this point, you basically just began the scaling, right? Like yeah. you started landing more and more clients. So explain me that process now, yeah. how you went from your first initial set of clients to really ramping up to a point where you are right now. Yeah. So look, honestly, things happen so organically. As yeah. I mentioned, it was word of mouth for the most part. Right. Um, but we were we were gaining a lot of attention in the industry. Yeah. Um, because of the work that we were producing, like I was going above and beyond for clients, which a lot of, you know, companies in today's day and age have, they have so many limitations and um, they're not able to be as flexible. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to make sure that you guys succeed because your success is my success. Nice. So we started gaining clients like Donata, um, Sheraton Grand Hotel, the Deuce brand of hotels, um, Seven Sisters, Antica nice. Bar, um, gosh, name it. Like it was it, Cartlow, just a mix and match of, of different big names. Yeah. Um, today they're huge. Yeah. And, um, you know, at the time, like they, they really leveraged off of what we were doing and depended on us to build them to, to, the, to where they are today. Nice. Um, Even on your list was Lapel. La per- right. Well, the Pearl was in my old agency. Okay. Yeah. So I launched yeah. that alongside um, another colleague of mine. Nice. So okay. we're the only two people on the account for, for the PR side of things. Huge. Which was, but that was still huge. a massive experience. Massive, yeah. That's yeah. a huge experience. And La Pearl, if it, people don't know, is one of the biggest entertainment hubs in Dubai, yeah. right? Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. So the, I applied all of that to, to yeah. what I knew. I uh, sorry, applied all of what I knew to um, the ways forward. Nice. You also had an encounter with that. Thought this one was really cool. Yeah. It was it Nobu. You, you Novakov. Novakov. Yeah. Okay. So I launched Novakov back in the day. Yeah. Again with another agency. Nice. Um, but Kevin Hart was dining, and I got a call, and they're like, "Stephen, you need to get down here. Kevin yeah. Hart is here with his team. Um, you need to entertain." Yeah. So I was like, "Oh my God, Kevin Hart!" Like, yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm a kid at this point. I'm like, this is this is huge. So I get ready and I rush down to Novakov, and I approach a table. You know what? I should have introduced myself properly at the beginning, or had one of the men, the general managers introduce myself. But I yeah. kind of just rocked up to the table, yeah. not knowing the situation. And three of his bodyguards got up, and they're like, "Can we help you?" Oh yeah, You're <laughs> like, I was like, "Hi, I'm, like, I'm just a PR girl." <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, then I sat with them, had dinner with them. I pictures nice. on my Instagram is pictures. Super cool. Yeah, so had dinner with Kevin Hart, which was really cool. And I'm like, imagine at the time I was 24. Yeah, and I'm sitting there with Kevin Hart. That that's really that's awesome, honestly. I want to talk about when you started scaling up, yeah. right? So I think a lot of things which were, there's two main parts which I found even on our side of business, like that were kind of the challenging moments. One, it's kind of a natural feeling, but I think you still have to enforce it, yeah. is you mentioned how in your in your previous notes that it was like, you would always have more money in your business account than your savings account. Oh, yeah. And I love this point because I, I'm a true believer in reinvest into the companies, everything yeah. for growth, right? What was it about having that balance of things whilst scaling a team? Because scaling a team, getting an office, all these things are costs. Yeah. They're scary when you're starting a company out. How did you balance this while, you know, reinvesting in the company while trusting that you're going to acquire more clients? Right. You know, that entire balance. Yeah. Um, you know, what was your mental, where were you at at this yeah. point? Okay. So I did things very differently. And you know what? I still kind of do it. Yeah. Um, but let me, let me, let me take it back a step. 
the what what I the mentality that I had was safe for any day, and I got that from my dad. Like yeah. he's always like safe, 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 safe. Like even to this day, my dad calls me. He's like, I feel like you're spending too much money. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dad, it's none of your business, but yeah. <laughs> maybe I am. Yeah. But um, I always had that like speaking to me in the back of my head. Right. So what I would always do is I made sure that the company savings account was always mint. Like nice. I was not I was not withdrawing large amounts. Yeah. I was giving myself a little bit of a salary here and there. Yeah. Um, to be honest it wasn't even a set salary at the time it was like whatever is kind of left over after all of my expenses plus an x amount that i was planning to save every single month nice. i made sure to save at least twenty thousand germs every single month consecutively Great. to ensure that we by the end of the year you know we were chilling yeah and that money would go to a rainy day that yeah. wouldn't count even towards like visas or staff uh salaries that was just like that's going to be the the money i'm going to tap into should something happened, right. you know? Yeah. So I kept doing that for many, many years. And to be honest, it worked. I still do that. I still it's a good do that habit. to this yeah. day. Yeah. Because yeah. again, we like COVID hit. Yeah. And thank God we were able to sustain. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the staff had to take a little bit of a salary cut, but everybody did. We weren't having any income, but I was able to give them a salary yeah. from a few clients and from that bank of, of funds, you know? Yeah. Whereas a lot of people were laid off. We didn't lay anybody off during yeah. during COVID. I love this. Because honestly, yeah. the amount of people that we've even brought on the show already that talk about the same principle of having backups in place. Yeah. Because the last thing you want to do is lay off a team when times are tough. Like the world's economical state shouldn't be yeah. depend like your deciding factor of, oh, you're going to get paid this month. Yeah. Should be, you're you going to get paid no matter what. Yeah. I was shocked to see how many companies were laying people off. Because yeah. I was thinking like you guys are 10 times bigger than me. You've been around for longer. Yeah. You don't have a savings plan. Yeah. You don't have any like money in the bank. Yeah. Like, yeah. It shows weird. like even com like huge companies like yeah. Meta, Facebook, like thousands and th especially in the tech side of yeah. things. Oh my God, the layoffs were in, like huge. Yeah. And it just goes to show like one, I mean, there's a lot of carelessness in that process, but it's also ruthless. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that is where, corporates differ from what we're doing and building something a bit more connected yeah and yeah it can be a bit of a dangerous place but you're um I, okay so you basically hustled your way up right yeah so it's a really cool thing and something which uh, i want to touch on is so before you had you know big big accounts like you know st regis Movenpick, all these kind of huge hotel chains and restaurants yeah um you also had you know the mixture of clients some right. which couldn't maybe pay on time or retainers and yeah. you have a cool story here, <laughs> yeah. which is it shows your hustler side right yeah. so i'll let you i'll let you kind of run the, this one yeah look the other day somebody asked me like what was your your biggest hustler move when building the business and i I thought about it and I remembered this one time Yeah. when I was building the business. Um, look, at the end of the, at the beginning, I was I was in hustler mode. Yeah. I didn't care what I was doing. I just needed to make that money to ensure that I could build this to, to the business that I had in my mind. Yeah. And there was one client, um, very cool client, really liked them. However, their business would just was failing at the end of the day. Yeah. And there was nothing we could do about it. They owed me about, I think, two months of, of retainer. Right. And they said to me, look, we don't have the cash. Like, we have so much we got to pay. Yeah. We don't have the cash. But what we do have are 10 washing machines and 10 refrigerators from our staff accommodation that we're shutting down. Right. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what do you want me to do with that? Yeah. And he's like, sell it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, just give it to me. Yeah. So I rented out a warehouse in, in Jabal Ali, in right. DIP. Yeah. Not a warehouse. It was like one of the storage units in a warehouse. Okay. And I I got a removal company to pick it up and deliver it there. 
And every single day, I think for about a month and a half, I would drive down there. So I put up ads on Dubizzle yeah. and I would drive down there and meet time wasters and negotiators and just yeah. people that drove me crazy. It happens so much uh, in Dubai. They'll yeah. say a price, they'll come, oh, half the price. Yeah. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, So I would drive down there every single day after work and imagine like, I w it was like midst uh, traffic and, and, and the, the rush hour. Yeah. So I waste my time every single day and I had shit to do. Yeah. But I was like, no, I need to make that money. Like, yeah. so drove every single day down there and then eventually I sold every single one of them yeah. and I made even more money. Nice. So I was yeah. like hiking up the prices too. And yeah. you know, I, I fully, I even went down and at the time my boyfriend was with me, Yeah. we went down there with like, scrubbers and and like just antibacterial things we were cleaning out the fridges to make yeah. sure that they were sellable because they were in a state wow they were disgusting oh my god but yeah so i i i hustled yeah yeah <laughs> I, I love that because like especially as you grow some people might be like i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna yeah. do this but you should hold on to that core value i yeah. think because it helps you like down yeah. the line look at the end of the day i I didn't come from a family that was handing out everything to me, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying that we weren't privileged. We, you know, thank God we grew up, we grew up pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, but my dad is super, super strict in the sense where he just does not hand out money to us. Yeah. So it was always instilled in us from a very young age that you're going to go and make something of yourself. Yeah. My dad always said to us, I never want you to fall back on a man because he's seen it happen to his sisters, you yeah. know? And it's like, I never want to see you you know, in a position where you need me and I'm not there yeah. because I won't be here forever. Mm. So he's like, make something of yourself and you'll attract the right man, you know? And so that, that advice, yeah. yeah, so that notion kind of like, that's kind of like what I live by is like, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm working so hard to build something that I want to, number one, fall back on whenever I need to. So like at the end of the day, no one's going to rescue me, yeah. you know? I really like that. And on the topic of stability and the financial stability yeah. side of things, you also landed in the kind of, I think it was second year of your business, uh, a member of the royal family, yeah. right? Wasn't it? And yeah. that was actually something which helped a lot. So just touch into that. Like, firstly, yeah. how do you even attract somebody of that sort of caliber? Yeah. So, yes, we actually handle quite a few royal family members today. Yeah. Um, but in particular, one that's really close to my heart mm -hmm. um, and was introduced to me by a very, very close friend of mine, one of my best friends. Um, I met her in Boston. Right. I was studying at the time at Northeastern University and I met this um, very close friend of mine and she had grown up with the royal family in Abu Dhabi. Okay. So when she came to learn that I had started my own PR agency, being the big hearted person that she is, she, you know, immediately connected the two together and she's like, Stephanie, I want you, I want to introduce you to somebody that's very special. Yeah. So I was introduced to Sheikha Salama bint Haza al Nahyan. Right. Um, at the time, um, it she is Sheikh Zayed's granddaughter. Nice. Um, yeah. So he's the ruling founder of the UAE. Yeah. Uh, and currently she is the daughter of the, the, the ruler of the UAE. Wow. Um, yeah. So we were commissioned to PR her as a personal profile. Um, she's an author. Yeah. And also as time went on, she started to give us her businesses. Right. So she owns a hospital. She owns a landscaping group or she's part of them. She's like big, a big stakeholder. Yeah. So she started to like give us all of these businesses under her. So Amazing. to this day, we still represent her and we still, she's still a client of ours. Nice. Um, but what the significant part of this is that she, she plays a huge role in, in not directly, but indirectly in, in who we are today. Okay. Because whilst a lot of clients at the time were paying and still do pay in, in, you know, in, in, on a monthly retainer. Yeah. 
she's paying large lump sums, like a one year long retainer. So Massive. I'm able to like take that and reinvest in the company. So I've, I've got the cash flow to like play around with. Yeah. Um, so aside from the savings that I had, like I was starting to, to get these lump sums and I'm just like, this is great. You know, and we did incredible work for her. We got her what she needed. So she trusts us and she, she's, you know, such a, she's such a generous person that she just really doesn't care if like, you know, I give it to you in one lump sum or in, in segments, yeah. like I trust you as an agency, you've done well. That's huge. And I think that's a, like a massive voucher of trust in your, yeah. in your business that you've yeah. grown as well, which is huge. It's going to help you mentally be like, okay, we can do this. We yeah. can carry on pushing. So you managed to grow from basically, you know, contacts like this and in your know, different businesses and pretty much stepping your way up where every year you've had a pretty good growth rate at the moment. Yeah. Right. So it's been pretty remarkable, right? Like <laughs> yeah. I think it's something to be massively proud of. Thank you. Um, so every year has been up and up and up. So now the next question really comes down to you're young, you're doing amazing. Thank you. um, somebody can go in two directions here, mm -hmm. right? You can either go down the route of leveraging money to make more money and do it in a clever way, or you yeah. can go to bomb it all. Right. So you've done a few smart things with your money. Yeah. Uh, one of which was you're an investment partner in a, uh, it's a, it's a restaurant. It's a social yeah. district. Social yeah. district on the Palm. Okay. So I'm one of the partners there. So that was my first, not my first, my second um, big investment. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the partners at the time of Seven Management, which owns Seven Sisters and Antica Bar, which was a, a client of ours, or yeah. both were a client, um, he branched off to start his own hospitality company called uh, Limestone Lab. Okay. And he approached me to invest with him yeah. and uh, become a partner of his first um, F&B venture, which was uh, Social District on the Palm. Nice. So, yeah. And what was it like being an investor? Like, what was, was that first cool, step? Because yeah. also we're PRing it. So oh, we're, nice. I was an yeah. investor and I was PRing it. So it just felt, win -win. it felt very natural. Yeah, win-win exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's strategic. He, he knows what he's doing. So um, it was a good move on his part. And um, yeah, we just, it, the, the restaurant does very, very well. Nice. Like there's, there's constantly something happening there. You know, there's, yeah. it's very active. Um, but of course with Nikhil's latest notice, yeah. <laughs> what was the latest notice? <laughs> well, I don't know if we should go into that, okay. but, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, um, no, no, it's, 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 it's public news. Okay. Um, so Nikhil gave a notice to every tenant. So every restaurant on the point that right. we have one year to vacate. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So we, we've, we've been there for about a year and a half now. Anyways, like they're, they're negotiating now and I think, you know, something yeah. positive will come out of it. Yeah. It's part of the hurdles, I guess, it is. of business. You yeah. invest, like you you lose some, you make some. This might not even be a loss. Yeah. So yeah. we're just kind of holding our breath here. Nice. Yeah. So, but despite business as well, you also moved into real estate. So yeah. You, uh, and not even just, just Dubai. You started actually in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. How was that? Bali was my first investment. Right. Um, I During COVID, I got a land there and I started building a villa. Nice. Um, currently, I'm, I'm just in a little bit of a mess there because politics in that country. Yeah, I've heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. But it is don't invest in Bali. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, it's such a beautiful country. My my heart, my heart is there. Yeah. Um, that island is just paradise. But there's a lot of risk when investing in um, third world countries. So the villa. So I started building a villa. Yeah. Fifty percent done. Um, I'm just going through a little bit of a, a hurdle right now. Yeah. Trying to finish the rest of it because um, the government or the the. Yeah, the government of the area that I'm building in um, recently changed. So a lot of the laws changed too. So okay. let's see, fingers crossed. And this would that. be a sort of a rental unit or would this be yeah. a holiday home? Oh, or? both. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, you know, rent it while I'm not there. And then yeah. what I like to do and what I did in the past was I'd go to Bali for about a month's time during usually July. Yeah. And I, you know, work remotely from there. So I, I just wanted 
a place for myself to work from. Yeah. But I wanted to keep the villa for my family one day. Like, you know, my kids, when I have them and my, my husband, we, we get to go there. We get to go chill at the villa, yeah, you know, and it's awesome. just kind of like something special. Yeah. Because I built it at the age of 27. Yeah. Uh, we started building it at age 27 and, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then today, real estate, um, I bought my first house about, a, what is it, a year ago now. Yeah. About a year ago, and I fully renovated that in the springs. So that's actually what restarted the combo. When I when I yeah. saw your posts, and I was like, well, "Holy crap!" Like I saw your building site journey part of it yeah. to going to this beautifully interior design place, you. and I was like, <laughs> "Steph, who's your interior design?" And I remember you saying, "It's me." And I was <laughs> yeah. like, "Wow!" It's all me, guys. <laughs> yeah. So I remember I told you I was like, "I I feel like I have so many passions." Yeah. Um, I don't know what to choose at the end of the day, but like I was just kind of apply them to my personal life. Nice. So that was a beautiful project for me. Like that was. You know what? That was like no headache at all. But nice. um, the, the whole the whole point of it was to kind of just express like what I yeah, what I hold a passion in and and just explore that side. Yeah. Um, I, the original plan was to like live in it for maybe a year, two years, flip it. I'm already getting some sick offers on it. Nice. Not offers, but like the, you know, you know, real estate agents. Yeah. Are, they're like, oh, I just sold one like down yeah. the road. That's not even as nice as yours yeah. for like double. Yeah. Um, but so there is that that side of things to think about yeah. um but i'm just i'm loving it there honestly like nice. it is like my little paradise and yeah it's just so welcoming and just got such good energy and vibes and i just I can't, I can't leave so uh, okay so now with all this kind of you know growth and stuff yeah. if you could speak to younger stephanie what would be some you know tips or you know even upcoming entrepreneurs some tips advice on like for example let's tackle the topic of like imposter syndrome now you have a team of 15 plus you yeah. know what is it like being like the leader? And do you ever feel like, I mean, is this really happening? Do I <laughs> yeah. ever feel like, am I really the person to be doing this? You know, how do you tackle that? You know what? Like sometimes I catch myself like joking with my team. Like I'm one of them. Cause yeah. it like, I do, I don't, I'm not the type of person to go in there and be like, I'm the boss. Like do what I say. Yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm quite chill. Yeah. And I love that. And I think it just creates like, it creates a really good atmosphere and energy and like just relationship with my team. Yeah. Um, and I think imposter syndrome. Yes. I have a lot of that, yeah. to, you know, sometimes it's so surreal and I'm just like, Whoa, like this is my office. Like that's, that's, you know, that like, these are my clients and this is my team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think every entrepreneur has that, yeah. you know, it's something that you really can't run from. Um, but it's also a good thing because you know what? It really humbles you. Yeah. Because uh, like I could have easily had a big head by now, but I'm, I, I like to think that I'm quite humble in the sense where I've got all this going for me, but I, I'm pretty freaking grounded at the same time. Nice. You know, so I, I know where I came from. I know who my friends are. I know like I, I'm not one of those people that would let anything get to my head like that. Yeah. You know, and speaking of grounding, are there any things that you like to use as like, for me, it would be like the gym or just something to completely detract from your workspace or any other business talk. What's your kind of go-to for like a, a bit of relief? Oh my God. You're going to laugh. It's really weird. No, go on. I'm interested. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll like be in my car and I'll just like put covers on or like instrumentals and I'll just nice. go drive around and sing. Awesome. Like, I think like I've seen it on your story before. I yeah. do post it on yeah, my yeah, stories yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. Nice. Not all the time, but like when I get the chance to, but yeah, like I find release in that. I love doing that. That's amazing. Uh, I might nice. just well start a carpool karaoke at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, like gym. Yeah. Um, me and you go to the same yeah. gym, funny yeah. enough. Um, so yeah, that does, I, I've definitely like, found myself at the gym a lot more the past two years yeah um so 
exploring that side was interesting too because I did before prior to that was just go 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 no time to yourself like losing out on social events like I I was really grinding yeah. big time I'd work till late nights I would work on the weekends um you know at this at the time I had a boyfriend who was so so supportive of me and just nice. like was riding that wave with me yeah um and we actually became business partners in another business too nice so okay. um you know we having that support system and you know he was also kind of like my release you know yeah um he understood me he understood everything that i had to go through on a daily basis so nice he was one of those outlets okay <laughs> yeah. awesome in yeah. a good way yeah yeah i was gonna say in a good way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next five years for steph what does it look like because i know you're venturing even into saudi yeah. at the moment so yeah. you've got some business in riyadh yeah um yeah what, what's your goal for the next five years wow we are rapidly expanding into saudi okay. um it's a bit crazy it's it's kind of like whoa where did all of this come from i'm not even kidding in the past like let's say six months yeah. we had some clients in saudi last year but this year the amount of pitches i've done in saudi yeah um all inbound mostly sorry mostly yeah. inbound um from saudi from riyadh mostly yeah. and i definitely see us setting up shop there eventually okay. um having if like I'm not sure if I would really have an office because our line of business is so doable online. Yeah. Um, except for when we need to go for events, you know, and simple flight, one yeah. hour flight, something like that. Hmm. Um, so it, it's it's quite doable. But five years down the line, business wise, I think just I don't think I want to get huge. I don't I want to make sure that I've got, still got that control over the company, you know, because yeah. to I think I need to be smart. A lot of people think a successful company is how as like how big it is yeah when that's not the case at all yeah like there I, I can guarantee you there are companies out there that are much bigger than mine within yeah. this space more team members but they have less profit every year I they have less agree yeah that, they're yeah. generating less yeah you know where i've i've been able to kind of really strategically keep my team a certain um amount of employees but also make sure that you know we're not we're not drowning either yeah um but yeah, just making sure that we're able to scale nicely at a really organic rate rather than, you yeah. know, kind of be in a race with everybody else. Because yeah. I've, I've always been very tunnel vision. Like I'm not racing anybody in this industry at all. Which is how I think you should be. Like, 100%. yeah, because it keeps your quality high. Yeah. And speaking of quality, like your team getting to, you know, 15 solid oh, team I members. I love my team. <laughs> that's what I, mean, I really cause, do. Because I, I, I see your stories. I'm like, she's got a pretty cool dynamic with honestly, her team and everything. So every single person that I've, I've had on my team, honestly. I feel like I've chosen them very wisely. Yeah. Based off of not just experience, but like character. Character is nice. huge because like at the end of the day, we're all in that office together. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. We're there together at, you know, during the highs and the lows. And it's, it's honestly like the team I have and even some of the people who have left, incredible people, yeah. lovely, funny, just really great, hardworking people. And the fact that I don't, you know, I'm not made to be Hitler and like made to be that, that Ursula yeah. to, to really crack things on and get them to, to, to do their job correctly is such a blessing. Yeah. Really. I don't have to step in too much. Yeah. Nice. I have the odd talk here and there, but it's never like you're going to be fired. Yeah. It's more of like, listen, like let's get back on track. Let's get motivated again. Or let's, you know, let's kind of review what went wrong and, and how we can fix it rather again than, than, you know, really scaring people off because yeah. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there multiple times and I just remember feeling like, wow, like I don't even want to go to work. Yeah. Like screw that. So it's protecting that culture that you've built. 100%. Kind of, yeah. And look, we can't be perfect all the time. There's yeah. no such thing as perfection. Um, but I really do try to keep it as, as good of an atmosphere as possible. Yeah. Because who the hell wants to go to 
a company that's just rotten and, and just negative. Exactly. Because and even if there's like, if I ever feel like there's a little bit of animosity in the air yeah. towards team members, which there's honestly like hardly ever anything like that. Yeah. I could count on my five fingers. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we hash it out. Nice. Immediately. And yeah. I make sure that, you know, we're all we're all Gucci. Like yeah. this is this is not that type of place. We're not gonna have anybody talk about each other or anything of that sort, or we're not gonna like get so lost in the mix by what one client said because yeah. there's gonna be a hundred good times coming up. I love that. That's a great mentality for growth in general and just yeah, to build a team. I think a lot of people are gonna find that valuable. Yeah. Now Wrapping up, it's been an awesome, oh, incredible no. story. I know, it, it goes so fast, Can right? we do this again? I know. <laughs> what would be your key, like, let's just say, you know, someone's watching right now. Because yeah. we've got a lot of people who send DMs, requests, like, you know, and a lot of the time they're just, they explain that they're in a situation where they're about to take a leap, right? And they just don't know if it's right or if they're not sure if they're, you know, expert enough or they feel like they're not good enough in a certain area. Somebody wants to start a company. What's your advice to that person who's on the edge of just doing it but they're just yeah. you know a lot of people and i can relate in the sense of when you're about to start there is so many reasons that you could just put in your head that be like okay i'm not gonna do it today yeah so what, what's your key bit of advice from everything that you've taken i know it's not a one yeah. shot answer but yeah put on your fake noise cancellation headphones yeah don't listen to what people are saying and i know like i don't want to be that person's like you know follow your heart yeah <laughs> that's not what i'm about to tell you yeah what i'm about to say is cancel out those negative thoughts those the, the negative people around you like I had a lot of people actually honestly like question what I was doing and then it would like it would make me question what I'm doing cancel those people yeah. out like x bye yeah and just uh, honestly take day by day because you can't you cannot live so far in the future that yeah. causes anxiety that also is just unrealistic so living day by day but also get the hell up yeah. like Honestly, that is the only antidote, like getting up yep. and doing, yeah. because doing is going to lead to something, whether it's in the right direction or not, but yeah. you will find some, like you, you will find yourself redirected at the end of the day. Nice. But yeah, doing is just, right. It's just, just like start. the gym too. Yeah. Just freaking start. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And don't expect to result straight away. Just keep doing the baby steps, yes. showing up every day. And before you know it, you look in the mirror. Like, oh. like me, like ah. literally right now, six yeah. years down the line, I'm just like, I'm so glad I took those baby steps because yeah. now i've i'm in a like an, in, in a position where i never thought i'd be in exactly right i Honestly. was i was wanting to be a freelancer yeah <laughs> literally and guys you have examples here like yeah. this is both of us literally speaking it as we're doing yeah. it i was always wondering how do i get myself in a circle of people who are elevating you know yeah. operating at a high level here we are yeah like I'm, somehow i'm speaking to you exactly right? you see what i mean so and also just, rubbing shoulders with the right people yeah right exactly making sure that you're you're the people that you are spending majority of your time with are people who are like-minded yeah. and that's why also it's super important for like relationships right so yeah. going back to what i was saying is like you know being in a relationship making sure that the person that you're with is driven 100%. is wanting to be like to build that empire with you yeah empire yeah. <laughs> 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 um so giving myself free there. um but wants to kind of build with you and not have you depend on them or depend on you right exactly. it's kind of like building that like again that empire together yeah um so there's so many factors like just making sure relationship personal life is is stable yeah um yeah and that you're not overthinking life and you're getting up and doing 
I love that. Yeah. Golden advice. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steph, Thank for coming so on the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Honestly, this is so much fun. It's been amazing. Honestly, I'll have all your details in the description if I yeah. want to find you, you know, find any of the companies that you're doing. And yeah, if anyone, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone wants to go ahead and watch more episodes or you've enjoyed this one, make sure you like and follow on all channels. Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. And yeah, let us know if you want to see more episodes and if you want to see Steph back on the show. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah. But thank you so much, Steph. Thank you. And we will see you in the next one. Peace. Oh, no.